20 Schemes is the church planting ministry of Nidri Community Church in Edinburgh, Scotland and Redeemer Fellowship Church in Bardstown, Kentucky. With these conversations, we're trying to expose some of the issues we experience in our ministries. We hope that with honest and frank conversations, we can begin to open up on some of the hard realities of church planting and revitalisation in schemes and council estates around the UK. In fact, even around the world. In this spirit, these conversations will be published completely uncut. I'm Mes McConnell, and this is the 20 Schemes podcast. Ian. Pastor Mez. Oh, Pastor Ian. <laughs> so, what would you say are the top three lessons you've learned from 10 years of planting church? Or trying to plant a church, or planting a church, or yeah. in a church, pastoring a church. Top three things. Uh, don't plant on your own. Plant with a team. That's the first thing I've learned. Why? Uh, I think my zeal for a church planted in Middlesbrough was... was uh, greater than my wisdom in, in, in doing it. I was so keen to see a church planted. Uh, I was so frustrated that nobody was answering my call to come and plant a church that uh, a mixture of calling and pride led to this church being planted. And I think I'm thankful for the pride and the arrogance, I suppose, because it kind of kept me in when maybe others might have, have given Bolted, up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Again, it's God's providence. If I hadn't have planted five years ago, there probably still wouldn't be a Yeah, so let me ask the question. So, so a team. But here's yeah. the issue for us, right? Yeah. Particularly in council estates. Yeah. More so in the north of England and into Scotland. Um, if you've learned the lesson that you, sh you should plant with a team, how long mm. would you still be waiting? I'd still be waiting now. So. Yeah. But the difference is now is uh, I'd have probably hooked up with someone like yourself a lot quicker uh yeah, I, was, I was just inexperienced I'd, I? I'd have just patched yeah, you yeah probably just patched me yeah yeah sack it just now, I've just now i've found out you're a pentecostal <laughs> of a charismatic agenda i would have patched you all pa over patched me big time okay so there's that one yeah yeah a, a, a second third lessons second one uh i need to remember that uh I'm not going to save anyone, it's only Jesus. I think I've took on the responsibility of people's salvation and this church growing on my shoulders instead of trusting it to God. Uh, I kind of like haven't took holidays and time off because I'm a control freak. And I think if I'm off for a day, then God won't know what to do yeah. with his people. So that's the biggest thing. Taking I need time off, uh, being wise with holidays, with days off, with family time and, and switching off. <laughs> We've just spent a week together. <laughs> Uh, on holiday with our families and worked, but we, that was good. It was probably the uh, most. Just relaxed. to be clear, we worked for a few hours. <laughs> Thank you for stitching me right up there. Can we edit that bit? Out? So, I look, so I look better. But no, it was because we. It's it's hard to grab time together, so we took advantage of that. But that was a the first holiday I've had where we we discussed a few things, which was fun because it, it's like sometimes this can be like a hobby as much mm -hmm. as our ministry. But I've never. I've always took away with me the problems of the church members and things like that, mm -hmm. so I switched off from that. Uh, I've now got an elder, Nathan, who's working alongside me, so 
I just trusted him and the Lord to, to what was going on in Middlesbrough. And it was the first holiday I've had where I've just switched off and relaxed and enjoyed my family and enjoyed my so time off. So there's still one more to come, but I want yeah, to push you on something. Yeah. Control freak, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much every planter yeah. is a control freak. That's a fact of life. Yeah. You started on your own, mm -hmm. on your own for a long time. Mm. Um, would you call yourself a benign dictator in the beginning? So basically what I mean by that is you only recently got an elder after mm. a long time. You've been 10 years nearly doing yeah, this. Yeah, um, And before that, you would have run the church on your own. You would have done yeah. things on your own. You would have made every decision on your own. Mm -hmm. um, you only just recently adopted congregational polity, right? No, as well, recently as in three years, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, out of the 10. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seven yeah, yeah. of them would have been. Yeah, yeah. And so, how, one who keeps your... Who, who, keep, who mm. keeps and kept you accountable during those times. Mm. Yeah, yeah, And how did you avoid it becoming almost a cult-like scenario where mm. everybody does what you say? Because yeah, you've yeah. got a strong personality, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the danger we've seen with some brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So the first thing, so I never wanted to plant a church uh, on my own. So that was the first thing. Uh, so I, I knew I couldn't do it on my own on the ground. and I was struggling on the ground. So I, I sought help from outside the area. Mm -hmm. So uh, I approached yourself and Mark Surtees and, and, I, and I look for other elders from other churches. Just to be clear, Mark Surtees is an elder of Nidri Community our church, church yeah, yeah. but we're also on the, what do you call it? Board of Trustees. Board of Trustees at your church. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first thing I did, uh, was look for people I could be accountable to. Is that still required now you've got an elder? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like a separate thing. Okay. So the, uh, just, Another conversation. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't want to say anything on camera in case we're breaking charity law and then I get like pulled yeah. in. <laughs> Which we're not, not breaking charity law, incidentally. <laughs> yeah. That's another good thing about having middle class people on board because they love reading stuff that I can't be bothered reading, like charity law. But yeah, so. Control. Control. Controlling yourself. Because it is yeah. nice to be in charge. It is when things are going well. Uh, when it hits the fan, it's not so good. When you're you, you're the only elder mm -hmm. to make decisions uh, that impact not just your spiritual life but the life of the church uh, that I'm going to be held account for. It's a frightening thing as well, uh, but it can also be uh, a consuming thing. Something. But it's very hard. I see this in men all the time. Yeah. When you've been in a position of authority for mm -hmm. a while, yeah, without any real accountability within the within yeah it, it, the longer that goes on the yeah. harder it is to give away authority yeah, yeah. And, and i think the good thing is again be careful what i say on camera because my wife might listen and uh and tell uh, us the truth tell us the truth no but she's a strong personality so my wife oh, i've met her she's yeah. got <laughs> yeah 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 so whether, whether she has anything that, whatever she has to say whether it's right or wrong she's going to say it yeah so i've constantly got that and and she's not afraid to tell me when i'm wrong which is good uh so a lot of people are intimidated by me but my wife isn't so that's helpful uh and my wife's intimidated uh, by me <laughs> <laughs> i've seen that yeah Can you tell <laughs> And my children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your children are petrified of you, Wes. Absolutely petrified of you. I rule with a rod of iron. Yeah, yeah. And carry on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that been helpful for me, my, my wife. Uh, 
yeah, but it's it's been difficult. It's been difficult. Oh. Yeah, to confuse. Are you gonna cry? Not at the moment. Okay. But I think I think it is, especially when it comes to church discipline. Prioritizing my vision of the church over the welfare of the members. Uh, at least at times, I felt myself not concerned for their spiritual health. Mm -hmm. But concerned what they're going to do with my baby. You're going to mess my church up. This isn't. Mm -hmm. Do you know I mean? I've and also, it's easy for these things to become personal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you want to deal with sin now. It's it's not about sin anymore. It's a personal yeah. affront to you. Whereas when yeah. you've got elders, that's diluted quite a lot because yeah, some people, yeah. you know, people annoy us, right? Oh yeah. Some people commit yeah. sin, and you're like, right then, let's just hang them out to dry. But then yeah. I've got elders who go, well, actually, no. Yeah. That's and vice versa. Mm. Or it's difficult when you're on your own and you have to face this. Oh, you're yeah. with your own sin, your own inclinations. Mm -hmm. Very, very hard. The temptation to be uh, soft and gentle with the people you like mm -hmm. and too harsh with the people who you think are a pain in the backside. Mm -hmm. uh, constantly having to check your heart with every decision you make. Mm -hmm. And again, in my church, my church is, we only have 11 members and uh, they love me. They're a young church, a lot of them are new believers. Uh, we're very close, and and if I say something, because they trust me, they'll say, yeah, and we'll go with that. Mm -hmm. I used to find members meeting really frustrating, because mm -hmm. I'd want to debate, and people, I'd say what I thought, and they'd say, yeah, sounds good. And I wanted a bit of pushback. I know it sounds crazy to some pastors mm -hmm. who have to spend six months to order a new chair in for the office, because the, the mm -hmm. members have been... Obsessed. Not us. <laughs> but, but for me, I was wanting that, because I know what type of personality I am, mm -hmm. I didn't want 10 years' time for us to grow as to have an elder and me not be able to deal with it. Uh, so I, it's been something I've been act actively pursuing. Uh, but again, it's interesting what you said. We met a few months back. I was really struggling and feeling tired and saying I need another elder. And he asked me about Nathan. And I said, I'm not sure. Is, is, he, is, he, is he ready? Does he need to do this? Does he need to do that? And you were like, you're in danger of being like the middle classes are with us working class boys. They never think we're ready. And I don't really know what I was waiting for with Nathan. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But it wasn't right. And he his character was a godly character. Exactly. And you know what? He's he, he's not ready to pass to the church, but he's ready to be on the elders board with me and help me make wise, godly choices for the benefit of mm -hmm. that church. And I was confusing his uh, qualifications as... Uh, a lead planter or pastor with the qualifications of an elder, and that was something. And being not being working classy enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, not yeah, fitting yeah. our culture enough. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the problem. Mm -hmm. We don't get into positions in educated churches because the first doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah. We don't speak the right way. We don't talk the right way. We don't look the right way. And what we what was happening was in reverse, right? Yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah. He's a middle class lad. He doesn't yeah. look like you. Doesn't talk like you. Doesn't yeah. act like you. And you're like, well, oh, he's not sure he's the right fit for our, our kind of. <laughs> yeah, so so Nathan's very uh, thoughtful and uh, considered before he does something, which is the complete opposite to me. And I'd confuse his cons him being considered and thoughtful as as being weak. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I just jump in with two feet and make a bad decision. He'll sit back for fifteen minutes before he says anything. And make a bad decision. And make a bad decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, I think he compliments me so well because yeah. I'll say something. What I've had to learn to do is, 
I'll say something and then I'd answer for him. I'd ask him a question, but then I'd give him the answer. So yeah. what I'll do is ask him the question and I'm like, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but diversity is key. Talking yeah, about yeah. building teams, diversity is key. And, and, and it's, we were talking about this with some people yesterday. Mm. There's an obsession, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but there's an obsession right now in the UK with diversity. Mm. But when they talk about diversity, they mean ethnicity. Mm. And they certainly don't mean class. Yeah, yeah. And so I think Keller said it didn't we, recently. We had this big Twitter debate about Keller saying even um, minority people, black people, mm. ethnic groups in the UK that are converted into evangelical churches come from educated middle class, upper middle class mm. backgrounds. Now, that's not true in every area, like London, like there's a lot of poor mm -hmm. blacks and that, but that's generally true mm -hmm. in, in evangelical circles. And so when we talk about diversity here, obviously we want racial diversity, but it's got to be contextualized to our cult, mm. to our surrounding, right? We don't have many black people in our churches because there are not, we don't have many black people in our community. Mm. Uh, but in, our, in my leadership team, I make sure there's diversity in terms of, particularly of of uh, class, we have um, single people, single mothers, married people, uh, uh, middle class. I've got a flipping PhD astrophysicist guy on my eldership. Mm. Uh, and so work very hard to um, build that diversity, which you wouldn't observe that diversity working, working into my church because they all look, we all look white and the same, mm. but we're not. We're very, very different, aren't we? Yeah, oh, yeah, very. And so yeah. we've got to work. Um, we've got to be careful that we, as we're building working class churches, don't perpetuate the mm. sins that were visited on us, right? Definitely, definitely. And again, and, and it's helped give me some empathy to the middle class churches, whereas I just thought it was uh, people, People were just anti-working class, which some of it is. Yeah, yeah. Some of it is sin, but other it is oversight and uh, their worldview thinking we need to reach X, Y and Z before we're ready. And, and in a similar way, I wasn't deliberately holding Nathan back, but I was thinking he needs to be doing X, Y and Z before he's suitable for this business. I mean, one of the daft things was, I was another thing that held me back was salary. I thought, well, we can't pay him as an assistant pastor yet. We've got no money. So we can't have them as an elder, forgetting that the eldership isn't a result of a salary or a, exactly. or, or, or a vocational position. It's a result of his godly living in the community and as a member of the church and as an example to the rest of the church. So within these, if I'd have had another elder, I'd have been able to talk these things through with them. That's why I needed you to talk these things through with you to help me make a wise decision. So now I've got Nathan, we've had uh, two uh, elders meetings. And it's just been refreshing, even to talk about like just daft things with somebody else. We've had no major incident. So every church discipline I've had to deal with on, on, on my own uh, and carry the burdens of people's struggles myself. But now I've got somebody who, who I can share with and we can pray about people and I'm not betraying people's trust. And mm -hmm. yeah, it's just took a massive weight off my shoulders and something, uh, yeah, looking forward to, to raising up another. So that's order. two things. What's the third thing? Lesson? The, the third thing, uh, I think not not realizing how long term this is, not realizing uh, 
not, not just long term. This isn't just about me. What we're doing isn't just about me, which I think a lot of it was about me. A lot of it was fighting the injustice that had happened to me, fighting the struggles that had happened to me. And I was thinking about me, 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 instead of thinking about the lads coming through, the lads off the state and the women off the estate who haven't been reached. I wasn't thinking about making their lives easier. I was thinking about making my role as the pastor of New Life Church easier. Mm. I want more money. I want more workers. I want more. And, and now we're looking at a bigger picture. We're looking at things nationally, strategically, training-wise, and, 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 and accepting that, you know what? I might not see much change for me as a pastor of a working class uh, council estate church, but hopefully what I'm doing today will benefit people in 10, 15, 20 years time. Uh, I don't know what I thought, I thought there was gonna be like an overnight revolution or something, but uh, yeah, I think culture takes a long time to change, doesn't it? So yeah, so let's talk about the culture. There are very, very few <coughs> working class Pastors in the UK, mm. do you say? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know of what, four or five. Maybe out with our evangelical bubble, there may be, but yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. theologically conservative. Mm. Um, you know, FIEC Acts twenty nine uh, type. Yeah. You know, Reformed Baptist. I'm a Reformed Baptist theologically. Mm. Yeah. Churches in mm. our communities, mm. very few of us, and so. But there are, there seems to be a growing band of young middle-class lads mm. and, and women, but, uh, uh, but we're talking about, let's stick with the guys for now, the pastors, the planters, who um, are trying to do it. There's a, also quite a few guys who've been in council estates for years, battering away. Um, so most of them with very limited success. Mm. Uh, most success tends to be around immigrants. Mm coming in to communities, very little real purchase among guys like us, white, mm. working class, non-working class, yeah. council estate people. And so what advice do you have for guys thinking about planting into our communities, guys who are in our communities that mm -hmm. are struggling um, and wondering what they should do? Because often they listen to us and they, they get quite discouraged, don't they? Because they yeah, think yeah, we're just yeah. like, you're crap. Yeah, and we're not, but that's not what we're saying at all, right? No, no. And first of all, I admire anyone who wants to go to a culture that they're not part of, yeah. and try and reach them with the gospel. That's ad admirable, and uh, I'd like to encourage. We we need more middle class men coming to council estates yeah. to preach the gospel and plant churches. So that's something I'm in favour of. Uh, but what they need to do is they need to come and get advice off working class Christians and in particular working class pastors and planters. And how do they do that when there's so few of us, do you know what I mean? Yeah, well, pe people always say that, which there is, there's a handful that I know of. So speak that handful. Do you know what I mean? The, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. There's people that can talk to, there's things like the church and hard places where you can go on a, on a Zoom video call and, and meet with other people in a similar context mm. and things like that. Uh, you, can, you can go and speak with people in the community and ask them what do you think of church? Why don't you go to church? Like I say, we, we met some lads off the estate and said, "What? Why do, have you have you never been to church before?" And their reply was, "Oh, everyone turns up in suits and drives jags, and they don't, do they? <laughs> Especially in Middlesbrough. I don't know anyone with a jag in Middlesbrough." But the fact is, that was their impression of church. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so even me, as a working class man from Middlesbrough, I found out. But a lot of churches do, though, don't they? A lot of churches 
skirting council estates yeah. do do that, don't they? They do wear suits and yeah, drive yeah, cars yeah. and come in. So what are we, what, what are we saying to those churches? Well, 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 what do you want to do? Do you want to preserve history? Do you want to be a museum and preserve a yeah, way they, of life? they do. Yeah. Or do you want to reach people with the gospel? Because if you want to continue having your organ and your, your suit and your flower arrangement and I think that, I listen, I think people generally, I think they say they want to reach people, I think they say mm -hmm. they want to reach our guys, but I don't think they want to culturally change. Do you agree or disagree? I'd agree. And I'd agree that they hold higher in esteem their traditions than they do with the mandate to so go on. So can a middle class lad going in to a council estate on his own, mm -hmm. what chances he got? None. He'll be bullied left, right and centre and he'll get depressed and he'll either assimilate and end up on uh, antidepressants like so many ministers are these we days. taking this Holy Spirit out of the equation then? Because Paul was a Jew of Jews. Yeah. And banged it out with the Gentiles. Yeah. So are we, you know, are we saying then that you, you, middle class guys, you're not going to make it? No, what we're saying is middle class guys, you need to be wise. You need to get the right training, the right support and pick the right church. So let's get to that yeah. training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're getting trained, they're coming out with nice little degrees and that, and they're going yeah. to Oak Hill and, yeah. you know, preaching expositional mm -hmm. excellence, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Is that the right training? Uh, it depends what you want to do, doesn't it? So, so, so I'll, I'll tell you, Nathan, Nathan Primex, I went to uh, seminary, did three years, and got his uh, degree in theology. And he came to Middlesbrough not on the back of his degree. When he came to Middlesbrough, he knew when he was coming, he was coming to learn to train. Mm -hmm. And his degree and everything he learned didn't matter. And then we said, this is how we preach in Middlesbrough. This is how we preach in New Life Church. This is how we do this. And he started off as an intern. This guy could have, uh, by the way, living off his own savings, mm -hmm. he came for free and had to live off his own savings and moving on one of the toughest streets in the town by himself. And he was ginger. And he was ginger and looked like Prince Harry and rode a bike with a fluorescent jacket and a helmet on and little bicycle. He stood out like a sore thumb, this guy, do you know what I mean? But this guy had a heart to learn, he was teachable, he loved the Lord and he loved the lost. And those were the, his, his degree meant nothing to me. It was his desire for Jesus, his desire for the lost and his desire to learn. And he has been a revelation for us in the church and he's grown and he's adapted and he's, he's ministering in his own. He hasn't come and copied me, he hasn't dressed like me, he, he, he hasn't shaved his hair off and trying to be a chavo or out like that. He's still the same lad who came, but he's ministering in a way that's suitable for the context of, of where the church is. He's gone on and done a master's, and again, that was for a personal thing. It's not benefiting me him having a master's, it's just something he wanted to do. What's benefiting me is his desire to learn mm -hmm. from a working class man who's planting a church on a working class estate. But they, he can do that with you because he's with you. What about these yeah. middle class guys who are on their Jack Jones, right? That's yeah. the problem. So that's what they need to do, don't they? What Nathan did. So his... his. So you think the guy should should get out what they're doing and come and work with us? Or <coughs> it depends. If, if you're in seminary, if you've got your degree, then just come and do what Nathan did. Or if you, if you, if you, if you just finish your A-levels or whatever, you've never been but to But what if the guy's in a community, struggling yeah. away, let's say in the north of England, Scotland, whatever, yeah. banging it for five years, yeah. On his own, not really getting much purchase. Yeah. What about him? Well, what you've got to remember as well, isn't it? So there's two. So we talked about Jeremiah earlier, weren't we? Sometimes you've just got to bang away and be fearful and you're not going to see anything. And other times you just bang your head against a brick wall. 
And that's what you've got to decide. Does the church you're in, the people that you're in, are they behind you? Are they wanting to see change? Are they wanting to change? Or do you need to make that change yourself and, and step out and look for something else? Uh, if, if it's a question of them just not being equipped, if there's a heart for change and people not being equipped, there's church in our places, isn't there? They can do training uh, up here. There's the new vocational Bible college. That's going to be starting the Ragged School of Theology in, in September. They can come and train theologically and practically. Uh, there's church in our places workshops. There's going to be this conference in September. There's advice and help out there. But that's only helpful if you're in a community of people who want to change mm -hmm. to reach the lost, isn't it? Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. But, yeah, it is difficult. I think some, I just think some of the middle-class guys out there just think, you know, they just feel depressed. When they mm. listen to us, it's hard enough for us doing it, and we're mm. contextualised, and they think, no, maybe it, it, it's not for me. But I think, um, I think they've got to stick in, but I do think... The way we are training and teaching men for ministry in a council estate has got to change. Mm. And, 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 but this conversation shouldn't just be aimed at the pastors. It's Christianity in the UK, as believers, it's not just pastors who've got that mandate mm -hmm. to go out and make disciples of all nations. We as believers have that mandate, don't we? So I think the whole culture of the UK church has to change. It's not just for leaders to have that desire. We've got to somehow be able to motivate and excite the church members and uh, I think there needs to be some serious conversations that need to be had. People need to be brutal with the truth. We need to be telling our members where they're failing because I think if somebody was sinning sexually or taking drugs or being abusive to the wife then the church is straight onto that aren't they? This person needs a bit of church discipline. Yeah. But what about failing to reach the lost. Well, to be I fair, to be in UK, most UK churches are crap at church discipline, <laughs> aren't they? So they probably get away with it. <laughs> but for me, but that, I take the point. Yeah, but we're looking at we're looking at like we were talking about Paul earlier on about how his greatest sin was re rejecting Jesus, and I think mm. our greatest sin as a church is failing to, to take our faith seriously and, and preach the gospel, and, and and that we've all been given a commission to go and preach the gospel to the lost, and we're quite happy to turn out on a Sunday and have our backs tickled and turn out on a Wednesday to have a bit more tickling and then just... But some are going to answer you and say, listen, though, hang on a minute, we do do stuff. Mm -hmm. We do food banks, mm -hmm. you know, we do outreach, we work for cat, we do all these things and we're, you know, we love social justice. Mm -hmm. You know, we've all got little Tim Keller badges and that and little hats. Mm -hmm. And so th they are doing something. Are we saying, what are we saying about that? Are we saying that's not enough? What are we actually saying here? they would say, yeah, yeah, we are doing things for the, these poor communities. Yeah, but well, are you preaching the gospel? Are you building roofs? I walked down the street with you today and you spoke this big baldy bloke with his kid or grandkid with a big grandkid. chocolate cake chatting to him. How long have you known that man? About 10 years. How long is, How many times has he been to church? He's never been to church. Exactly. You know what I mean? But you spent time with that man. You know him. You know oh, his family. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what our church isn't doing. We're not part of communities. We're not investing into people's lives unless we're going to see some immediate fruit. That guy might call on you in five years' time. He might get He's saved. already called out. I've already buried yeah. family members. Yeah. Well, one day he might be on his, his knees. His son's been to our church. Repenting, yeah. So these are the things that we aren't doing. It's no good doing... A... People want to give an hour a week to a food bank so that, oh, I've given a tin of soup to this hungry mum and the two kids and we feel better about it, don't we? What's hard is when we've got some like smackheads sat in our house peeing all over the toilet seats. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's what we need to see. 
that's what we need to see. People that I had two men who babysat me for when I was like kicking off because I didn't yeah, like. Yeah, do you yeah, know what I mean? I agree. Uh, men who were frightened of me, but loved me enough to risk getting a smack in the mouth by telling me you can't behave like that. Do you know what I mean? It's we need to risk for the communities. If you want to reach a community, we need to be making risks for that community, and that's what we're not seeing. But I do think that most a lot of the middle class church in the UK is risk averse, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, well, not just in reaching the community, but risk averse in life. supporting us yeah. working class people. We only back the people who were the winners yeah. financially and yeah. with training and stuff like that. Yeah. And also, I think there's a culture of middle classness of, and to be fair, we can we we we've imbibed some of this culture where, you know, they're always moving up on and up, aren't they? They're mm. always you know edu get get your education, go with this, get a degree, get a job, get your first house, all that, get a bigger house, get a car, put your mortgage in, get your uh, put, get a pension, da 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 da. And the thought of actually saying, well, actually. Mm. I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm going to move to a council estate. Mm. It still works. He'll you know, do a job, but mm. live in a council estate. I just think most people, even if they're listening to this, are thinking. That's that, yeah. Let, let me give the, you the reality. Is I'm from a council estate, and I don't want to be there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I didn't wake up and just move I'm there. Taking your water. Yeah. I didn't just. It, it was a process of time to do what we did. Uh, I'd spent my whole life trying to get off the estate to get away from the people that I'm ministering to now. Council estates represent fear to me and, and bring about memories of pain and struggles that I don't want to revisit. And I, and I get intimidated. Before, on the, I was full of cocaine and steroids, so I felt tough. Now I've just got to trust in Jesus. It's frightening, because mm -hmm. how I used to intimidate men in the church before, men are intimidating me. I'm 40 odd year old, do you know what I mean? Uh, I, 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 sometimes I think, this is a bit risky with this fella here. So it's not plain sailing for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not easy. I make lots of mistakes. I, I, I misjudge people. I misread people. Uh, I don't give people the chances that maybe they should do. I'm be too hard sometimes. And, and and I can avoid risk as much as anyone. I'm not saying it's easy. And this is. But what I am saying is that if we love Jesus and we trust in Jesus and we have a call for these estates, that that it becomes easier. And the risks that we make and the things we give up far outweighed by the blessings that we see when we see these people. This is where I get emotional. But when you see someone whose life on earth is uh, appalling, abused children, the thought of them spending an eternity in that, it's even worse for them. So when I see somebody who, 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 who hated themselves, who's been abused, who never had a father now knows the love of the father in heaven, just seeing one person see the love of God just makes it all worth it. Do you know what I mean? It's, I don't know, it's frightening, it's hard, but the blessings are amazing. And knowing that, do you know what, as tough as it is now, is we might be in some scruffy dodgepot estate now, but one day we're going to be with Jesus. And that's what it's about, isn't it, Jesus? What Jesus gave up for us, gave up for me, some little scumbag, just giving up. A way of life for a couple of years isn't much, is it? Yeah, sorry for the tears. <laughs> you always have to cry, don't you? have to spoil it. Do yeah. I have to cry now? Yeah. What's that mean? Overheating? Is it finished then? Are we done? Yeah, well, we can just connect. Well, on that, 
Uh, Bombshell. On that uh, emotional note, uh, we'll call it a day. Yeah. We'll go and get you some like tissues and that. Yeah, just when I remember that I'm a scumbag. Tissue for your issue. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, bud. All right, See nice you. one.